Welcome to the Piano Explorer podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Benjamin Harding. You can follow us on Instagram and get involved in our group on Facebook. Just search for a Piano Explorer podcast. You can also find my website at benjaminharding.net. There you will find special offers for you, dear listener, with my affiliate links from a variety of companies and shops that I absolutely love. Let's get into today's episode. On today's episode, I want to share with you three revelations that I experienced while I was recording Gustav Hoyer's Piano Sonata. I also want to share three insights that you might not be aware of when you're listening to a recording. Just a couple of weeks ago, on the date of this recording, I recorded Gustav Hoyer's Piano Sonata. I've recorded his Toccata and three piano rags for his wonderful album, The Gilded Age. You can find that album and more details about this project and Gustav's wonderful orchestral music and chamber music at gustavhoyer.com. I'll include this website in the show notes. This was my first real studio experience. Gustav's Piano Sonata is a really difficult piece. I have to say, it's one of the most difficult pieces I've ever played, but it was so rewarding to learn and will be a piece of my personal repertoire. I want to share three revelations that came to me during this process that absolutely inspired me. And second, I want to share three insights that you may not realize when you listen to a recording. There are so many things that I could talk about through this process, but let me just narrow in on these six items. First, let's get to the three revelations. First, commitment to excellence. Gustav Hoyer is a master composer, to be sure, but he is also a master administrator and made sure every detail was covered to the highest degree. Gustav lives in Colorado. I live in Pennsylvania. The studio is in Los Angeles. Gustav arranged that the studio would be able to receive us the day before the recording. We arrived in Los Angeles. I played for about an hour and a half while the engineer and his assistant dialed in the microphones. Friends, the Yamaha CFX 9-foot grand piano was delivered that day. It was regulated and tuned hours before we arrived so that I could start playing and we could start setting up the microphones for the recording session that was going to take place the next day at 8 a.m. Gustav made sure that the studio was really close to the hotel that we were staying at. The food was incredible. We needed food, fuel, and rest for this project. All of these details were committed to excellence, and it provided such an amazing experience for the Thursday recording session. Dan Blessinger was the engineer. Dan and Gustav had gotten to know each other over the years while Gustav was living in Los Angeles. Dan's ears are absolutely remarkable. He was able to dial in these microphones, hear specific frequencies and bright notes that were happening 
on the CFX that he was a little bit uncomfortable with. He encouraged us to call the piano technician uh, that was provided by Yamaha Artist Services, and we were able to explain to the piano technician early the next day, about 7 a.m. the next day, where certain notes needed to be toned down, so to speak. This piano technician was able to regulate the piano, and we were able to get going with our recording process at 8.30, around 8.30 a.m., ready to go, everything prepared, everybody committed to the highest level of excellence. Let me just talk a little bit about the studio space that we recorded in, a world-class facility designed by Dan and his team. Dan, of course, worked for Martin Sound in Los Angeles for decades, and now he is a freelance uh, engineer and producer, along with his business partner, and he records everywhere, and I mean everywhere, and for everyone. I was just amazed at his story, his personal story, and his business story. Dan, thank you so much for making this experience just an incredible one for for me. And I, I keep pinching myself to say, wow, this is my first recording experience, my first studio recording experience. It was just remarkable. So this space is called Hunt Recording Studios. And Dan and his team designed this space specifically for the Hunt family that, uh, of course, uh, funded this project. And this recording studio is going to be used by people of renown. I won't name drop here, but it will be used by people of renown. It's able to seat 45 to 60 orchestral players and it has isolation booths around the facility. Look, we were 15 minutes just south of Los Angeles International Airport, LAX, and we could not hear a thing. You could not hear street traffic. You could not hear airplanes going overhead. You could not hear helicopters. All you could hear was the piano, the beautiful nine-foot CFX piano. The second revelation that I had was that the team makes the difference. It's a collaborative and team effort to do an excellent job on a recording project. Gustav was the producer. He was in the booth offering real-time feedback in a positive, encouraging way, in, in, a, in a discerning way, to be sure. I mean, he was precise, exact, but I, would, I felt so comfortable with having Gustav and his wonderful artistic sensibilities offering me real-time feedback as we went through the project. Gabriel, his son, was taking pictures and offering encouragement and taking video of the project. Michelle, Dan's assistant, was running the takes and slating the takes of the project. She was so encouraging, and I looked forward, actually, to hearing her coming over the speakers 
in her encouraging voice saying, uh, announcing the, the slating of each take. Michelle, thank you. Thank you so, so much. I, the team makes the difference. The team makes the difference. And of course, Dan was running all of the technical aspects, had the score open on the console in the isolation booth, and was with Gustav in hearing what take would be uh, accepted, so to speak, in the final cut, and and making sure that everything was was sounding really, really good in the moment. If it sounds really, really good in the moment, I know that's a, a that's a really technical term, isn't it? Sounds really, really good. If it sounds really, really good in the moment, post production is going to be a whole lot easier a whole lot easier in putting together the final product. And in fact, it'll be much more excellent. The technician, the technician that came to us and regulated the piano, uh, he was just fantastic and received our feedback with so much grace and so much care uh, it, it really set the positive energy off for the rest of the day. And, uh, and, and he wanted to be included in the credits of the recording. You see, because he realized that this is a collaborative and team effort. It's a collaborative and team effort when you go into a recording process, a recording project. The team makes the difference. The team makes the difference. And if one of those team members weren't committed to excellence or weren't a part of the process at the highest level, the, the project would have suffered. The project would have suffered. It's a team and collaborative effort. That's my second revelation. Okay, so here's the third revelation. Building endurance for the whole of the piece and having awareness of the parts. This is just a little bit more personal, personal to me because I realized I realized that I needed to practice in a little bit of a different way and will be practicing in a little bit of a different way in the next recording project. Endurance is critical to a recording session. I was sitting at the bench and the team was sitting and listening for about seven hours total. I would say that I was probably playing the instrument and we were listening to the instrument for about five hours and we took some breaks. We took a nice lunch break, but Endurance. Endurance is key in a recording project. You want to be executing the takes at the highest level throughout the day, throughout the day. And so having a firm grasp of the whole structure and architecture of the piece is critical in understanding the whole piece. For two of the movements, we were able to play through them uh, around three times each. And then briefly spot check. The third movement, however, is a, 
a monster of a piece. It's a monster of a movement. I was able to play through it maybe two or three times, and then we were able to go back and spot check every part of the piece to make sure that we were covering the piece with great material, with great material. We played through it, uh, like I said, twice and then did several takes of the many sections. In other words, we had to be keenly aware of tempo, dynamics, articulation, and the overarching structure of the piece. And that was so key to have Gustav and Dan in the booth with their incredible ears and incredible awareness of the score and helping me to really play parts of the piece with a larger awareness of the whole. And so reflecting back on how to practice for a recording session, I'm I'm almost thinking of it like a theme and variations piece that you would publicly perform, where in the theme and variations, you sort of have a mental break, so to speak, between variations. At least that's how I play theme and variations, is, is that, okay, I reset on each variation, but I am playing each variation within the structure of the whole piece. And that's how I am going to be envisioning the the next piece or pieces that I record, and hopefully very, very soon. All right, so we've talked about the three revelations that I had in this recording project. Let me get into three things that you might not be aware of, that you might not be aware of when you listen to a recording. These are three insights that I, that I want to give you. you. You may be fully aware of this. You may not be. And let's see. Let's see. Number one, what you hear on a recording is not what happens in a studio. There is a famous cellist, I'll leave it at that, there's a famous cellist who recorded an album of some Bach that I absolutely love. And one of my friends knows the engineer of that project, and they said that there were literally thousands of takes on this incredible CD, on this incredible album. Thousands of takes. Now, this same cellist has performed all of the Bach suites, all of the Bach suites in live performance to absolute perfection and absolute mastery, okay, in public settings. But in a recording situation, you're able to consistently play at a high level and then go to another high level and with your team determine which takes make sense in putting the whole piece together in post-production. What happens is that we play our best and we have to be at the top of our game, rested, focused, prepared. You play and then the producer, in this case, Gustav, gives feedback and then you play again. It's a team project, right? It's a team project committed to excellence. And the engineer and his team slate the takes. So they slate it like this. This is Piano Sonata Movement 1, take 32, rolling. And then I play. Then in post-production, we put it together. Now, does this minimize what you're hearing in a recording? 
Is it somehow less than authentic, less than in terms of an art form? No way. It is what it is. It is what it is. And it has a team behind it. So keenly, I become keenly aware that, for example, the team that was surrounding Vladimir Horowitz and many of his recordings, Thomas Frost, right? Thomas Frost as the producer. You hear specific things in relationship to these at-home recordings or these studio recordings that you do not hear in these live recordings by Vladimir Horowitz. It is what it is. These are artifacts of artistic representation of a piece. And it's the team. It's the team. So as, as, as much as it's Vladimir Horowitz playing, it's also Thomas Frost producing the album. Okay? It is an art. It is an art. The engineer if they are like Dan Blessinger, one of the greatest artists that I've ever met, if they're like Gustav Hoyer, one of the greatest artists that I've ever met, and they together are working on the project with me, with me, I mean, it's just going to elevate everything. It's going to elevate everything. And the final product Yes, is not what you hear in the studio, but it is an artistic representation of the piece at hand. Even in a live recording, though, the post-production aspects enhance or diminish certain aspects. And each producer, each engineer has their own secret sauce. There are things that I could get into that we did that are proprietary, actually. They're proprietary. Am I saying that right? Proprietary. Anyhow, you know what I mean. They're the secret sauce, and I don't want to share them with you because they are of Dan, and they are of Gustav. Anyway, it's an art. It's an art. Recording is an art, and you need artists of the highest quality to help you produce a recording. Number two, the best engineers and producers are artists at the highest level. I've sort of gotten into that a little bit. They have their own way of doing things. There were aspects of the recording that I cannot get into because it would be sharing proprietary information. I just said that related to the setup and the production and the piano. I mean, the piano technician did something that I've never seen before, and I'm not going to share it with you because it was something that he learned from one of his friends that he does all the time, and it's his thing. It's his thing. It's absolutely incredible, uh, but it's his thing, and he's an artist. He was kind of a mad scientist as well, but he was an artist, and our team uh, were artists all together putting this project together. And, the, and uh, they were 
operating at the highest level. So over the years, like the piano technician, recording engineers and producers get together a bag of tricks, so to speak, uh, uh, ingredients to their secret sauce, and they create magic, absolute magic during the recording and, of course, in post-production. Number three, this is the third insight. The whole process is an art. The whole process is an art. The credits on a studio recording are so key. And like I mentioned, Thomas Frost and Vladimir Horowitz, I'm going to pay more attention to the credits on an album uh, because getting a little bit sort of under the hood of the process of recording, I see how critical the team is. I see how critical the process is. And without one of those parts, the project would have fallen apart, really. Would have fallen apart because we were all committed to excellence. We were all moving in one direction to accomplish this project. And so the whole process, the whole process from beginning to end is an art, is an art. And I absolutely love it. It was so inspiring. I felt so humbled that I was able to experience this. I could go on and on about this whole project, but let's wrap up today's episode. Thank you so much for listening to the Piano Explorer podcast, and we will talk to you soon.